Welcome to Aging Better in Uncertain Times. I'm Gord Martineau, in studio, alongside Dr. Fabio Varlese. Here, we help you keep informed and up-to-date on the latest in science, medicine, and technology that helps us all age better in these uncertain times. The idea that you are living a meaningless, purposeless life is anathema to us. We can't comprehend that any more than we can comprehend our own demise. We need to feel significant, at least to one other person, to life itself. The absence of significance is a destructive sensation in us. Mm. We even, even someone saying, can you just help me? Can you just sit with me? Is enough to give someone a feeling of purpose. We have to have it. It's a grace lifeline. Today, we're talking life purpose and spirituality with Caroline Mace, five-time New York Times bestselling author of Anatomy of the Spirit and Why People Don't Heal and How They Can. Thanks for joining us on our weekly guide into living a healthier, better life so we can all experience aging better in these uncertain times. Throughout this series, we're going to examine the best ways to prepare ourselves for the future. So what's the best advice for our overall health? We're going to look at every aspect affecting your life, and that means physical, mental, financial, nutritional, and medical. We'll cover all the bases. To do that, we're supplying you with high-value information from the leading experts in each field, and by that I don't mean just everyday opinions. We're going to be introducing you to the leading experts in each field, men and women who've studied, worked, and who teach at the highest levels. You have questions, we have the answers. Joining me in the studio, Dr. Fabio Varlesi, a specialist in internal medicine and geriatric medicine. He's the Vice President of Medical Affairs and Chief of Staff at Runnymede Hospital, Staff Specialist at Baycrest Health Sciences, and Dr. Varlesi is also the Assistant Professor at the University of Toronto. So, Dr. Varlesi, this is a, an interesting topic we're getting into now. We're going to be speaking with Caroline Mace, and we'll introduce you, Caroline, in just a moment. But first, spirits and life health. Very important, uh, something that a lot of people don't consider is the spiritual life and the healthy life. That's incredible. Uh, I, I, I'm so excited about having Caroline Miss on the, on the program because uh, uh, there's, I think there's going to be a lot that we're going to learn. But also science is appreciating that religion and spirituality mm. does correlate with physical and mental health. Um, experts may not know whether it's simply participating in organized religions or spirituality that contributes to health, or whether, you know, simply physically or, you know, psychologically healthier people uh, are simply attracted to religion or spirituality. Um, but in general, uh, spiritual people, you know, do have more positive and hopeful attitudes about life and, and, and illness. Uh, with that comes a sense of meaning and purpose in life, and they have greater ability to even sometimes cope uh, with illness and disability. And uh, spirituality also leads to increased uh, social interaction, and in mm -hmm. that we know that those factors do contribute to better health. And um, many times there's also healthy practices that people that are religious or spiritual uh, tend to entertain, like the Seventh-day Adventists in Loma Linda, California, for example. Yeah. It's one of the blue zones, for example, and, you know, diet is important, Com sense of community and contribution is very, very important, and, and, and they live longer lives. 
Okay, let's bring in Caroline Mace. She's a five-time New York Times best-selling author and an internationally renowned speaker on the issue of human consciousness, spirituality, and mysticism, health, energy medicine, and the science of medical intuition. This is something, Caroline, first of all, thanks for being with us today, something that a lot of people would consider, quote-unquote, out there. So what is spirituality and and medical intuition? Please explain what those mean. It means that I directed my intuitive skills to work specifically in the medical field. And how do you do that? And I worked with the doctors. Yeah. I worked with specifically Norm Shealy, who's a Harvard brain surgeon. And he was fascinated. Otherwise, I would have let this skill of mine just go sit in the back burner because I really wanted to be a great novelist, but I have no talent for it. And I have a genius for something I have no interest in. <laughs> but he was interested in it. Well, because it's not every day. You have to consider that a lot of people, like when you explained how you do this, were people initially resistant to what you were saying? They were saying, ah, she doesn't know what you're talking about or, you know. You know what? I, they weren't. And I think that hmm. it's because I'm a very grounded person. I'm educated. My background's in mystical theology, journalism, military history. Uh, and Norm and I did not set about trying to say that if you have energetic data, you throw out the uh, traditional medical data. You use them both. You need everything from your physical anatomy and your energetic anatomy, and they work as a team. You need your energetic as well as your physical. What's your reaction, Dr. Verlese, to, to, to what Caroline is saying? Well, if I had to speak for the medical community, we would, uh, we would be very, very cautious. But I think that medicine is starting to appreciate it, as, as Carolyn pointed out. It, it's going to take a while for the medical community. Like our tendency is to utilize, you know, very, very sound ways of assessing whether something works or doesn't work. And uh, we're very sort of, I would use the word Newtonian in that process, very, uh, you know, uh, we utilize a scientific method uh, to establish whether an approach uh, or something, a phenomena, has a, uh, an absolute uh, impact on reality. Mm-hmm. But I happen to be somebody who appreciates this particular podcast and, and, uh, and appreciates Carolyn being on because she's, she's amazing and she has worked with uh, you know people like uh, uh, Norman, uh, Dr. Norman Shealy, who's Harvard trained, and I, I believe uh, you also had uh, some um, work done uh, with uh, the Mayo Group in the United States. Is that correct? With uh, the um, Menninger Clinic. Okay. And yes, I have, and I've worked, you know, with uh, a number of physicians at various times who have called me in on their patients for consultations. I've done this for 35 years going at 30. So I, I be, and, and I did that because I became so attuned to norm that for my own credibility, I thought I have to work with other doctors. I have to see if my skill is as good with other physicians as it is with him. And so I sought out other doctors to work with for my own credibility. So, Caroline, the, the, the term life purpose is entering into the conversation when I look into to, to what you do and, and how you speak to people. Why is it important today, uh, more so than ever before, to have a life purpose? Well, I think that 
without a sense of um, connection to, I mean, here's a deep prayer. Lord, take me down deep and show me the reason for which you gave me life. Mm-hmm. You gave me life. What am I doing here? There isn't a person I have met ever, Gordon, ever, no matter where I've taught, who hasn't asked the question, for what reason have I been born? Mm-hmm. What, what am I doing here? The idea that you are living a meaningless, purposes, purposeless life is anathema to us. We can't comprehend that any more than we can comprehend our own demise. We need to feel significant, at least to one other person, to life itself. The absence of significance is a destructive sensation in us. Mm. We even, even someone saying, can you just help me? Can you just sit with me? Is enough to give someone a feeling of purpose. We have to have it. It's a grace lifeline. But we do doubt ourselves, thinking maybe, you know, this life purpose, or, or maybe I don't even have a purpose on this planet. What, what do you say to people who are self-doubters? Well, well, first of all, I examine what do you think purpose is? What are you looking at? And how many people have decided purpose, they measure it by expectations and by what they expect people to, how, the response they want. They measure it by security. They measure it by occupation. They, they think they were born that the whole purpose of the human journey is for a job, is for a job. Mm-hmm. And, and it, you know, so the first place you have to go is to redefine how you understand the purpose of the journey of life. And you, it shifts from some point you have to re-examine that it's that you weren't born to do something, but how to serve others, how to make life a better place for for everybody, including yourself, and how that each day there is something in you that can help another person. That can that that you have to redefine purpose to even include how well you can serve a meal to another person and what that does for them. So I've had conversations with people because I'm actively involved with a number of charities, one of them being uh, a a charity called the Herbie Fund. It supplies life-saving surgery for third-world children who will die unless they get the surgery. And, and, you know, in my conversations with people, I said, you know, I believe— that we're here not just for ourselves. There must be another reason why we're here. You know, uh, you know, this isn't just me. We're all interconnected. And some people go, "Gee, I, I never thought of that." And you know, so would that be a life purpose that I have? Um, do you think so? I do. I precisely that is part of it, not a life purpose. It mm. is an expression of the whole purpose. Mm. It is your purpose expresses itself in many, many ways, and that is one among the many ways. So some people will say, well, you know what? Uh, I went to school. I went to university. I got my degree. I got a job. I got married, bought a house, uh, had some kids. Is this it? Do, they, do people ever come to you with saying? Oh, all the not, time. Yeah. So there's all not the much of an agenda as far as they're concerned? But you see, that's. 
there are some people that think God is an off-planet man too. And at some point, these very archaic narratives that we have in our head have to be examined. There is no off-planet man that's a God, Gordon. Mm. At some point, that mythology is going to come tumbling down as it is now. And that idea that the life purpose is simply to go to college and have a couple of kids in a house, is that really a life purpose? Because if it is, then a lot of people are not living a life purpose. Is- it is The purpose of life is to experience acts of co-creation and to discover how incredibly empowered we actually are and that every word we say, every thought we have is an act of co-creation and that we're attached to that. And so we begin this I, this journey of becoming very conscious of how powerful every word we say really is. We live in a time, Caroline, of uh, chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think of COVID-19, what it has done to the planet, how it's upended mm-hmm. uh, almost everything we do and what we know. Uh, chaos is, is a stress factor. So how do you tell people to deal with chaos and, and, and stress patterns that they have in their lives? Well, I'm going to back up, Gordon, and I'm going to say that prior to to um, COVID, the chaos was mounting in the psychic field more than you realize. Mm. It was mounting with climate change. We were anticipating some kind of nuclear war. We were always in chaos, Gordon. We were never not in chaos. So we've been building to this point where where we're experiencing? Well, there was a, we were building with political fury, with with, uh, politics of division and, and, and all kinds of things around the world. And then comes COVID. And what COVID is, it was this kind of, it, global explosion as if a dark blister was lanced and yet from it comes a message that says all of you have to collectively heal all of you Mm -hmm. the the disease is not political it is not rupturing us with bombs and yet it is having the same effect that a collective war would have Mm. It is shifting our economy. It is causing everybody to change their lifestyles. It is it is causing a breakdown and shutdown of the planet. Same thing a war would do. Yep. Same thing a huge nuclear war would do, except without the fallout. Mm-hmm. And what? And prior to this, how are people always talking? I want my space. I need this. And now, now people have their space, and they're finding out that it's really horrible to be without others. In the meantime, we are adjusting and human creativity is coming out and, just, and realizing we don't have to pollute the air to go from here to here. We can enter into a solar economy. We don't need as much oil. This transition uh, into the age of solar consciousness is being thrust upon us through this virus. You wait and see. When you discuss, you know, the things that you believe in and, and you know, life purpose and spirituality, et cetera, do you find that that is at cross purposes with conventional medicine or is there a path you both can follow? I'm, I'm not at cross purposes with conventional medicine. Uh, um, 
it except when a medical doctor medicals the medical world refuses to acknowledge the impact that stress and fear and dishonesty dishonesty lying uh being in league with darkness has on health and i've never seen anyone do that i've never seen a doctor say are you a liar cuz that's like bad for your health are you are you someone who um steals and and does things like that cuz that's like really bad for your blood pressure so these so, things these things manifest themselves in in totally. in biographies know. by other totally right if you if i told you to dwell in fear if i told you if i put a gun to your head i don't have to shoot it but you are sure going to start changing your physiology aren't you mm-hmm. you're not going to sit there as if you're as common on a beach don't be ridiculous these things your point is that these things are a self-imposition of stress so we're loading up on stress because of the way we live right because of of choices we make correct because of, and the, because of the narratives we tell ourselves because of of i things we have come to believe or not to believe anymore because of how we've decided you know there is no evil there's only good i don't want any i don't want any evil cuz i want to be able to do whatever i want in the world i don't believe there's a i don't believe there's an afterlife but i sure love past lives cuz they're fun to talk about and and it's the way people have redesigned the cosmos to suit their their lives dr varlesi you have conversations with your patients. Do you ever get into the issue of spirituality and, and how that might affect someone's health? I actually do, uh, because uh, as, as mentioned before, uh, we're starting to appreciate, even in medical sciences, how spirituality, um, you know, and, and by that I mean, you know, we have to have some sort of definition, like the ability of a person to connect with their true self. And it's that relationship with your true self in the world at large and the universe at large. And, you know, we live in a society that is so focused on the external, on the material, on what's out there. Mm -hmm. I'm stressed because I got into an accident or whatever. But truly, it's, you know, spirituality, you know, even as we study it uh, in, you know, in, in medical sciences, because we do know that there is a connection, a positive one to a person's health. You know, uh, we start understanding the big word is stress, but st- behind stress are a, a series of you know factors. What what brings on stress? It could be that 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 uh, that a person is lacking that inner personal balance. And I, I'm I'm so um, happy to see that you know even during COVID, you know our own university, our faculty of medicine has been focusing on the stress in first responders, in doctors, for example. And we're starting to talk about um, you know mindfulness practices, meditation, and these are techniques that help us turn within, and uh, and that's how you turn off the switch of stress. And then, obviously, the sense of contribution. Like, I mean, if we look at the blue zones around the world, one of the determinants of health, uh, healthy aging and longevity is the sense of contribution, being connected with the, you know, your community, contributing to your community. So, you know, you're, you're acting uh, from a place of true balance and you're giving 
there's giving is connected to to better health. I think that this is the beginning of multiple viruses, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Multiple. Yeah, there'll be another one, won't there? And and so I think it's going to be a very long, long journey through this. Mm. Uh, a long journey, and that we are in for a decade of of uh, of adjusting our lifestyles mm-hmm. and adjusting our lifestyles to becoming. But here's the thing: more conscious of each other, and more conscious of how we are living together. Caroline Mace. Five-time New York Times best-selling author. Look her up. Her stuff is great. Some final thoughts now with Dr. Varlese's prescription to aging better. I think a lot of people believe, in, and we, we saw a reassertion of that today, doctor, that there is a direct link between health and spirituality. I, I really think so. Uh, what a great podcast today. Um, I just enjoyed every bit of it. Um, and as science, you know, starts really showing uh, evidence of how spirituality, and whether it's in the context of your own uh, religion or just spirituality at large, uh, there's no doubt that there's a direct impact on a person's physical and mental health. But what we also saw was that um, sense of purpose. Why am I here? What? How? How do I define this life? You know, we're here for. What am I doing here? What yeah. am I doing here? Yeah. And uh, and when we look at the aging factor, the you know prevention of disease and living long and well. You know, we do have examples around the world where communities living long and well uh, are focused on uh, the sense of contribution, a sense of being connected with your own community and uh, of giving back, of not just being about me, 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 and of not just accumulating material things, but really... Because the more we acquire material things, the the less happy we are, like we're just... You know, we well, keep, it's been keep proven. Looking, we keep looking for more and more and more. <laughs> That's why this discussion today is very important. And as we wrap up today, please, folks, get a flu shot. The information is at myfluShot.ca. Questions about aging better can be emailed to info at agingbetter.ca or by visiting our website at agingbetter.ca. Aging Better in Uncertain Times brought to you by Runnymede Health, Jewel 88.5, L'Oreal, La Roche-Posay, Vichy, Avicana, and Sanofi Pasteur, in part through an educational grant. Be sure to drop in for your next doctor's visit on Jewel 88.5, Sundays at 8.30 a.m. or at Jewel885.com. Until next time, I'm Gord Martineau with Dr. Fabio Varlese, along with producers Dominic Schulo and David Sirsta. Be well and stay safe.